Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and on today's show, we're going to review the career of a great Minnesota public servant and discuss veterans' homelessness with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. As we prepare to celebrate Father's Day this weekend, I want to recognize all the fathers and grandfathers in our military family. To the fathers that serve, thank you for your service and dedication to our state and country. Balancing the demands of military and family life is not easy. It's inspiring to see service members take on that challenge so willingly. We can't forget to acknowledge the fathers and husbands of our service members. It's difficult whenever a son, daughter, or spouse is deployed. The love and support you provide makes it easier for all of us to serve at home and overseas. Please join me in wishing all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. So I said at the opening, uh, we're going to review the career of a great Minnesota civil servant. And joining me now is Bob Detmer, uh, who's a Minnesota politician and member of the Minnesota House of Representatives, a member of the Republican Party of Minnesota. He represents District 39A, located in the northeastern part of the Twin Cities metro area, which includes Chisago and Washington counties. And uh, Representative Detmer, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Well, thank you, Tom. It's, it's been a couple of years, I guess, that uh, you've invited me here, but it's great to be here always and uh, just to be part of this great organization you've uh, and other people have created here with this Minnesota Military Radio. And, Bob, uh, we've seen each other. You've been busy up at the Capitol and uh, helping with veterans' issues. We're going to talk about some of those things today. But for the few people in Minnesota that might not know you, can you share with us a little bit about your uh, your military career? Well, I <clears throat> I was one of those late bloomers. I came in uh, when I was, uh, let's see, 34, 33 years old. I came in and, and went through my basic training, uh, went off to AIT the next the next year after the split split training. Went through, came up through the NCO ranks uh, in the MI world, and then they said, "Well, why don't you go to uh, Warrant Officer School?" So I went off to Warrant Officer Candidate School down at Fort Rutger, and uh, uh, over the years, I ended up retiring as CW four. Deployed uh, during for Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom for twenty months, and uh, came back. And uh, continued my uh, teaching and uh, coaching career at Forest Lake High School. And then uh, something happened. My wife and I went to an endorsement convention, and I got endorsed to, to run for office. So that's so something that was not on my radar. An accidental political career. I guess you could say that. But uh, So you served, uh, that was part-time in the Army Reserves? Uh, 20, ended, 25 years. Ended up as a Chief Warrant Officer for CW4. Mm-hmm. And all that time, you, you were teaching at Forest Lake and uh, a wrestling coach. That's right. We uh, have a great uh, wrestling program. We still do at Forest Lake. Like the new head coach, uh, Joe Kuncher, I coached him when he was in high school, and he took over for me. And, and military runs in your family because you've got two sons that uh, followed in your footsteps. Yes, my uh, identical twins. After high school, they went off to uh, West Point Military Academy and uh, class of 2000. And uh, they've had several deployments over the years, uh, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, Korea, Turkey. Uh, and um, they they just, they have 22 years in now, just the time just flew by. And, uh, of course, I always have to tell people when I'm speaking to groups that uh, when they come home with the grandkids, we have eight grandkids, um, 
and uh, I salute them. They have a rank on me, and but when they come home with the grandkids, uh, I'm commander in chief uh, when their mom's not there. So okay, so you salute the lieutenant colonels <laughs> if it's just you and them, and if mom's there, we all I'll take care of mom. That, yeah. that makes sense. Now, sir, uh, you've served for how many years now in the uh, uh, Minnesota State Legislature? Eight terms or 16 years. This is my 16th year. See, that's a pretty good career for an accidental politician. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, how does that work over there? I, I think a lot of our listeners don't know that it's a big give and take over there. There's the Democrats and the Republicans and yeah. there's veterans and non-veterans. Yeah. There's all kinds of interest groups. Yeah. How, do you, how do you make things work? Well, I've learned over the years— not just with the, the legislature, but with coaching and teaching and the military. You, you never burn your bridges. You always keep keep. You might disagree. You might agree to disagree on things, but you're still working together. What's important for your constituents? What's important for the people of Minnesota? You uh, you always might have to come back where you disagreed on something. You come back and now work together on something. And I've learned that over the years that you have to be able to do that to be successful and to do the right things for the people of Minnesota. And uh, I've learned that, and, I, and I've been telling a lot of the new freshmen coming in that they have to be able to work together. Find somebody across the aisle that you can work with because when, <clears throat> when you're in the minority, which I've spent a lot of time in the minority here in Minnesota, you have to find people across the aisle that will help you carry your bills. And in the, when I've served the majority and, and chaired the Veterans Committee, they would come to me and say, what about this bill? And when I when I chaired the Veterans Committee, I would hear every veterans bill that came before me, at least give them a hearing and then send it off to the next committee because you have to not only work with people within your own committee, but there's other committees you got to work with and those those chairs. And and uh, so it's, it's important to work together. We're speaking with Bob Detmer, who's a member of the Minnesota House of Representatives on Minnesota Military Radio. And, Bob, we're going to get into some of the legislation uh, that you've introduced and worked on over the 16 years in the second segment. But uh, I just want to make an observation. As I've watched the legislature over the last decade or so, it seems like the veterans' issues get tied into these huge omnibus bills. And leadership at the at the House and the Senate over there has kind of held everything to the end of the session and kind of like they're holding things hostage. And then at the at the last minute, sometimes you get what you're working on and sometimes you don't. That's right, Tom. That's that made that one thing that frustrated me right off the bat as as a freshman when I came in. I, I remember when I saw my first omnibus bill on the House floor. I raised my hand. I said, uh, "Madam Speaker, why are we debating this bill? Our Constitution says or the state Constitution says it needs to be a single issue bill." And well, then this is unconstitutional. So then somebody across the aisle says, "Well, when you were in the majority, you did it. You did the same thing." Then I got up again and said, Madam Speaker, can anybody tell me when two wrongs make a right? And I sat down. And But this year it was different, at least with the Veterans Bill. We, well, for the first time ever, the, the state legislature passed a, a Veterans Omnibus Bill. How in the world did you get that done? There's nothing in it but except veterans issues. Well, like I said, you don't burn your bridges. You work together. Uh, in the House, it was put in with a big omnibus bill with uh, with uh, transportation and uh, government uh, finance and all the different things that goes into those big omnibus bills, and it passed the House floor. I couldn't vote for it. Nobody on my side that I voted for it, and then it was sent over to the Senate. Okay. Well, I got to be pretty good friends with the uh, 
chair of the Senate uh, Veterans Committee, uh, Senator Lang, who is also a uh, pilot for the National Guard. And I went over there, and Chair Eklund also uh, felt that we need to have a separate bill, a uh, standalone bill. And I went over there and, and said, can we just pull it out, clean it up over in the Senate, vote on it, and send it back over to the uh, the House? And his researcher was standing there. He says, that's never been done before. I said, well, let's do it. And give credit to the Senate, the leadership over there. They went along with it, and they did pull it out, cleaned it up, sent it over sent it over, and uh, to the House. We voted on it. 122 to 1, it passed. First time ever in the state of Minnesota that we've had a standalone veterans omnibus bill. And that was a priority in the Commander's Task Force. And the Vets on the Hill Day, they just they said, that's what we need to do. And it passed unanimously in the Senate. That's correct. So for the first time ever, the state legislature in Minnesota passed the Veterans Omnibus Bill. No politics involved. That's right. And there was one one dissenting vote of, of <laughs> all of the elected officials over there. Right. Seems like that ought to be something they do in the future, Bob. Well, I hope it sets a precedence. And not only for veterans' bills, but there's other – we need to take a look at this big omnibus uh, situation, omnibus bill situation, and break it down into the single issue bills and, and get things done the way our Constitution says. Now, Bob, we just got a couple of minutes left in this segment, but <clears throat> there's an organization in Minnesota called the Commander's Task Force. It's made up of the eight uh, federally authorized veteran service organizations. They've been working really carefully and closely together for the last six, seven, eight years, and they come up with some legislative issues every year, and they do a thing called Veterans Day in the Hill. Mm-hmm. Have you found that that's effective and helpful for the state legislators? It is a must. You know, back eight years ago, I, I, I came up with the term about speaking with one voice, and that kind of stuck in people's minds. And every time I've got up in front of a group, I'd say, we got to speak with one voice. And these now these eight organizations are speaking with one voice, and this is a big thing that they feel that they, whether it's this issue with the omnibus bill or getting rid of the the tax and the veterans pension, all those different things that we've passed over the years, they start speaking with one voice and the legislators start listening when and, you hear one voice. And Trent Dilks and the DAV, among many others, helped organize over 300 veterans that attended Veterans Day on the Hill. That's pretty good showing. Trent is outstanding. He he would organize buses, get get veterans coming in from outstate. And I, I know when I get up in front of the, that group, I get goosebumps when I look up around the rotunda and all level is packed with veterans there, and that's something that uh, Trent has uh, a way of bringing people together. All those old warriors were watching you <laughs> when you were getting ready to talk, Bob. That's right. <laughs> that's a great uh, sight to behold, and it's something that we're going to leave our listeners with now. Bob, when we come back, I want to talk about the contents of that Veterans Omnibus Bill and some of the things that you've been working on for the last 16 years. We're speaking with Bob Detmer from the Minnesota House of Representatives on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been speaking with Bob Detmer, who is a member of the Minnesota House of Representatives. He was a retired uh, Chief Warrant Officer 4 in the Army Reserves. He's got two sons, Lieutenant Colonels of the United States Army, and he's got his boss at home, or he and his sons, uh, and pay attention to your wife when, you, when you're not at the Capitol and you're not playing military. Well, that's correct. And and I should add that we do have a daughter, and she's a 911 dispatcher for the sheriff of Washington County. That's a, quite a job. So I, I, I want to make sure I, I uh, bring my daughter into the, all this, too. 
Bob, I probably expected that she was serving in some capacity yeah, she, as well. She's That's an outstanding uh, service that she's doing with the 911 dispatcher. Very good, sir. Now, we want to talk a little bit about this Veterans Omnibus Bill, first time in the history of Minnesota. Uh, the Senate and the House got together, passed the bill. It was nearly unanimous, one dissenter. Uh, and it was a it was a good year. There's some some surplus and some things could be done. Every year, uh, when you pass uh, the veterans legislation, you have to fund the Minnesota Department of Military Affairs, which oversees the the Air and Army National Guard, and and you have to provide some funds for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, who take care of all of our veterans, over three hundred thousand in Minnesota. But this year, uh, there was some follow up legislation, and part of it had to do with the three veterans homes that are going to be built. That's right. You know, back uh, when we passed the legislation for the construction, uh, in fact, I was sitting in the, the tax committee's uh, chair of the tax committee, and he was trying to decide which one we we're going to build. I said, well, let's build all three. He looked at me. He <laughs> says, okay, we'll go for all three. And sure enough, uh, the uh, federal government came at funding for the construction of all three, and Bemidji, Montevideo, and Preston. And they're being constructed as we're talking right now. But we needed more funding because of the cost of construction and also for furnishing them the insides. We had to furnish them. And uh, so that's that's why we got some more funding there for the three veterans' homes. And then uh, it's a tradition in Minnesota, World War II, uh, Korea, Vietnam. Uh, the Minnesota has given out uh, bonuses to our veterans for serving. But we haven't dealt, we hadn't dealt with the post-9-11 veterans. Yeah. That's right, and uh, uh, I'm a post nine eleven veteran. So <laughs> I told you during lunch t- uh, today that you couldn't uh, vote on this. One. I couldn't vote on this because I I qualify for this uh, bonus. And also Senator Lang, and there's about three other two others that uh, couldn't put their name on the board when the, when it came to voting for the omnibus bill. But we got it through. So I understand early in July you can go to the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs or the DAV websites. They're going to have information on there where where our veterans can apply for these bonuses. And it's six hundred dollars for a veteran if they did not serve in the theater, twelve hundred if they did, and two thousand for Gold Star families. And uh, I mean that's just wonderful that we're recognizing all of those veterans that have served in over the last twenty years. I know, and I know uh, uh, the radio station here will be getting that word out time and time again to let, help people understand that they have to apply for it. It's just not automatic. We'll keep talking about it until we get everybody in there. And then there's a couple other uh, areas uh, that uh, we serve on the show. Uh, We have all the veteran service organizations and the commander's task force on the show as regular as we can. And we have the county veteran service officers on every four weeks to talk about all the great things they do to take care of our veterans. You found some more funding for both of them. That's right. And this is the first time in, I think, several years that we've increased their funding. And I get calls all the time. And I listen to people what their what their issue is, and I'll say, "Well, have you talked to your county veteran service officer?" Usually, the answer is, "No, they didn't." And I said, "Well, this is I'll look up the I'll, I'll go on my register, registrar, and I can I can look up their county and who they need to call and the phone number. I'll give that to them. Then I'll tell them if you bring this issue to the state legislature, we'll really mess it up then. So call your county veteran service officer." <laughs> They're the first first source of help for That's, any veteran with any issue, and, and it's great that you got some more money for them as well. Uh, Bob, I want to talk about there's a new uh, state veteran cemetery coming up in Redwood Falls. Uh, we have the one up in Little Falls, and there's one in Duluth and one down in Preston, and they're going to be opening up Redwood Falls uh, 
later this year, but they needed some money to pay for operations. That's right. And just like anything else, you, 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 last year was our budget year. We set the budget for the state, and this that was included. But costs can go up over over a period of year, and they came to us and said, this is what we needed. So this uh, we were able to get that through this omnibus bill. And then, Bob, we've been working for years on uh, the homelessness, veterans' homelessness problem, and MACV, the Minnesota or Assistance Council for Veterans, has been working with all the veterans organizations, with the Minneapolis VA, the governor's been behind this, and uh, they needed some funds to help with the veterans' homelessness, and they're making progress on it. Yes, they are. I, th- I think the last number that I saw of homeless veterans in Minnesota was like 250, 270, and uh, there's counties now that don't have any homeless veterans at all. I think Ramsey County and Hefton County, those are the two big counties that we have to really work with. And uh, MACV does an outstanding job. If you've ever been to the, any of their events, it's outstanding what they do for our, for our veterans. And we're going to have a representative from Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs talking about that issue in the second half of the show and give everybody an update. I think we're down to two counties right here in the metro That's with right. this problem, and the rest of them are, are in pretty good shape. Uh, and I understand that there's some uh, uh, funds available to help uh, with tenants and landlord issues as well. That is, that's always been a, an issue there, and, and this is something I directly wasn't involved in this, but I know that I understand that uh, they were able to come to the legislature and and bring their issue forward and uh, have good testifiers, and they were able then to say, yeah, let's let's put aside some money for that too. We're speaking with Bob Detmer from uh, Minnesota House of Representatives on Minnesota Military Radio. There's a couple other items I want to get to, Bob, about your career, but you've announced you're not going to run for re-election. That's right, but I, I have to tell people I've been endorsed by my wife to retire. For retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and, uh, no, she knows me well after 50 years of marriage, and, uh, yeah, she knows me well, and I I— she has been so outstanding supporting me and all the things I've been able to do as a coach, the military, and now the legislature. Um, she certainly has managed uh, uh, a lot of part of my, my careers. Well, and we want to talk about the, you had one of your researchers uh, do a little research on how many bills you've been involved in, both those that were introduced and those passed. And he gave you a little summary. You want to run through that quick? Well, yeah. He, first of all, John Holquist, my my researcher is just outstanding, and I, I gave him a, a mission to look back down to 2007 and up to now. And he says, yeah, I've, I carry 98 veterans' bills, uh, 39, which became law. That He says, you got a 400, 400 batting average, so I guess that's okay. Uh, but it, it's, uh, yeah, if you wanted to— pull out any one of those, I can uh, talk a little bit about it. I know we don't have a lot of time. Bob, there's a few items that keep coming up and you keep coming back to year over year. And then the Veterans Omnibus Bill that just passed, uh, there was a $774,000 one-time appropriation for the disabled veterans uh, campground on Big Marine Lake. And as I look through this list of bills you've been working on the last uh, 16 years, that property comes up over and over again, and, and you've been able to make some improvements over 16 years. This is amazing campground that we have here. It's a gem that we have here in Minnesota. It's only There's no, not another one like it in the country. It's a disabled veterans camp. It dates back to World War I as an overflow for the VA hospital. And uh, 
over the years, we've been able to make improvements. It's uh, it, it qualifies for legacy funds, and and uh, so I've been able to put put the camp in. They requ- they would come to me with requests. I don't go out and try to spend money. <laughs> they come to me with requests, and then I I put put it in a, in a bill form, and then uh, they come and testify. And we've been able to get some good funding for the camp, and it's just an outstanding. If you haven't visited the camp, it's on Big Marine Lake, Minnesota. Here, it's you got to visit, if, especially if you're a veteran. Bob, we're running out of time. We probably should have spent the whole show on this, but I know you've worked on trying to. Uh, Minnesota recently passed a bill saying that the uh, veterans' retirement pay is not taxable in Minnesota. We finally caught up with Wisconsin on that one. Uh, you've been working on the uh, veteran surviving spouse. There was some real estate tax breaks for disabled veterans, and they expired at one time uh, when the veteran uh, died. And you've worked on getting that to to outlet to to be uh, for the surviving spouse to be able to have it, and mm-hmm. and uh, been extending that and got that uh, worked up. And and you've got there's a number of other things that you just keep coming back to and working on over and over and over again. One last question for you: What are you most proud of in your career over there? Sixteen years doing a lot of work on veterans' issues. I think the one thing I've been most proud of is that I've been able to work with other people in the legislature and around the state on veterans' issues, not not just one or two issues, but all the different issues that come, that they come to the legislature with and be able to sit down with them and talk to them and say, well, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that, and then actually accomplish some of the things that we, we decided to do. And it's not just one... One single bill. It's all the things that, all the things that we've been able to put together in my 16 years in the legislature, and I do it all over again. It's been a great, uh, great time working with people. Well, Bob, we're thrilled to have you back in the studio, and we'll have you in again. Uh, we're about out of time, but I hope when you're done at the end of the year that uh, you'll go help the Commander's Task Force and in the Veteran Service Organizations and help them go up and talk to the new elected officials at the Capitol because we're going to need you. Well, I. I'll be around. They can uh, they can ask me, and I'll come forward. <laughs> Bob, thanks for coming to talk to us today. Thank you, Tom, so much. This is Representative Bob Detmer from the Minnesota House of Representatives on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get you a report on veterans' homelessness here in Minnesota. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to get uh, to check in with the gentleman from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and find out how we're doing with veterans' homelessness. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. Today I want to spend a few moments recognizing Father's Day across Minnesota. These dads might be veterans, they may be currently serving, returning home from a deployment, or they may have suffered the loss of their own son or daughter in the service to this country. Whatever your situation, I want to thank you for the role that you have played in the lives of our children and our families across Minnesota. Actions speak volumes about love and commitment, and simply being there sets the example and grounds our children. This Father's Day, I encourage dads to spend time instilling the importance of service and volunteering to the community, to those in need, and to this country. This is a time to demonstrate to our children the power of serving others. Not only does it help our children grow and develop into generous and caring adults, it gives back. On behalf of everyone here at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and the 327,000 veterans across this great state, best wishes for a wonderful and meaningful day of celebration and fun on Father's Day. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. 
Paul Williams is the Deputy Director of Veterans Programs with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and oversees the Homeless Programs Team. He's an Air Force veteran, was deployed to Kuwait at the end of 2012. And uh, this week, on, Ju- on Thursday, June 16th, federal, state, and county, and city elected officials, along with veterans, veteran service organizations, and longtime advocates for veterans' issues, gathered in Duluth to celebrate a major milestone the effective end to veteran homelessness in St. Louis County, Continuum of Care. Paul, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate you having me. Paul, we're recording on Thursday. That means this morning you had uh, this event with uh, some dignitaries around the state. We did. It was it was a great event, Tom. It, uh, it marked a really significant milestone for the, the community of St. Louis County, uh, the St. Louis County COC Continuum of Care. Um, and and really kind of just highlights so much of the good work uh, and the systems that have been established in that community to help veterans when they do experience a housing crisis. And so um, this was a recognition of a, of a significant achievement uh, that was awarded by a federal review team, uh, which is made up of the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness, uh, Housing and Urban Development, and the VA uh, they took a look at uh, what the community of St. Louis County uh, was doing um, and how they were able to serve veterans and um, all sorts of different factors that kind of go into their formula. Uh, but what, what, what they um, decided at the end was that um, they have effectively ended veteran homelessness. So a, a major achievement and uh, one that we were all uh, very excited to, to help celebrate, but also know that there's still work to be done. Paul, we've been on the air with Minnesota Military Radio for 12 years now, and we've been talking about all of the efforts on behalf of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, MACV, the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, the VA, uh, all of the uh, groups in Minnesota that are working on eliminating veterans' homelessness. But one of the first issues that they worked started working on years ago was to try to identify where are the veterans that are homelessness. And, and I think all of that work has led up to today, hasn't it? Yeah, just um, knowing um, the veterans that need the help, knowing them on a very individual level uh, so that we can better understand uh, what individual barriers they're facing and then really come up with unique housing plans for them that that really are tailored to fit their individual needs and and kind of wants. So, um, again, it's a a very united effort. Uh, You mentioned some of the partners there, Minnesota Systems Council for Veterans, uh, the VA, all these local communities that we work with across the state, um, have just um, really, really come together in a very um, uh, powerful way to to establish true um, established systems, uh, so that we can help veterans uh, whenever they whenever they do experience a crisis. And 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 um, we're just um, you know one or two life circumstances away from from being in these situations. So to have these systems in place is really a, an important part. Um, to to end veteran homelessness in Minnesota. We're speaking with Paul Williams from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and Minnesota Military Radio. Paul, uh, I've heard over and over again over the years when we've been talking about this issue that uh, most veterans, uh, something happens. If it's a medical event, if they lose their job, if it's a legal event, something causes them to spin out of control and, and, and lose their home. And, and then a whole bunch of other things happen. And and you and your partners have been working for years about let's identify the problem, let's solve the problem, and then let's find that veteran a door. Because once they can, once they have a home, a place they can call their home, 
Now we can talk about let's find some employment, let's help them get back on their feet. It's quite a process, isn't it? It is, and, and no one organization can do it alone, which is why the, the importance of partnerships in, in establishing these systems is so critical. Um, but then again, you know, as you mentioned before, uh, knowing who they are, knowing where they are, um, being able to, to identify exactly what they need if it is, um, you know, mental health support services, getting them connected. And so uh, really understanding the veteran on an individual level um, and then continuing to, to just strengthen partnerships, establish new partnerships if there's, um, if there's uh, services that are out there that aren't, aren't being connected as, as efficiently as possible. How do we improve those processes to ensure that, to your point, right, they, they get into those permanent housing solutions as quickly as possible, uh, but the work doesn't end there. We'll continue to work um, with service providers and connecting them with these veterans so that um, they don't reenter homelessness and that they can remain uh, permanently and stably housed. Well, we just got a couple of minutes left in this segment, but I'm reading here that currently 85 of 87 Minnesota communities have achieved an effective end to veteran homelessness. What does that mean to effectively end veterans' homelessness? There's going to be future veterans that have trouble. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it's a it's a great question, right? When we when we say that we've effectively ended veteran homelessness in a community, it's not to say that that another veteran won't experience a housing crisis or homelessness in that community. Uh, what, it, what it recognizes is that uh, the systems and supports are in place within that community so that when a veteran does experience a housing crisis, that they're uh, rare occurrences, that they're very brief occurrences of, of homelessness, and that they only happen one time. So um, we don't have veterans that, that experience homelessness, become housed, and then experience homelessness again. So that's really what we mean, and, and that's really kind of the benchmark. Um, because, as you mentioned earlier, there's lots of different reasons why a veteran could, could find themselves in these situations. And so uh, it's just critical that the supports are in place to help them when they do. So, Paul, it sounds like uh, as far as St. Louis County is concerned, all of the veterans that you've identified that might be homelessness, uh, homeless you're working with, and, and now you're going to uh, kind of a prevention format for St. Louis County to make sure that you stay that way? That's correct. So all of the, the kind of the benchmarks that we uh, needed to follow to get to this point will continue to follow, um, and we'll continue to, to, con- to, to, to work with the community to figure out exactly how we can improve systems, um, how we can improve those supports uh, for veterans in the community. Um, and and, and to, as you mentioned, that prevention piece, Looking upstream, uh, how do we how do we reach out to these veterans um, before they get to the point where they're going to lose their housing or, or enter homelessness? And so, um, it, it prevention becomes just such a, a much more important part of the process now in St. Louis County. Very good, Paul. We have to take a short break. We've been talking to Paul Williams, the Deputy Director of Veterans Programs for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been speaking with uh, Paul Williams, who is Deputy Director of Veterans Programs with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and oversees the Homeless Programs team. Uh, They had uh, an event in St. Louis County up in Duluth today, or on uh, Thursday, June 16th, uh, where they announced the effective end of homelessness uh, in that county, which means that they're working with uh, all the veterans they're aware of there, and they're going into a prevention format and uh, Paul, uh, prevention, uh, now that you've you know, up in that neighborhood 
or that part of the state and 85 of the other 87 uh, counties. You're working with all the veterans you know that are homeless. Now you're looking for other veterans and you want to catch them before they fall to the bottom. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, if you're a veteran and you're, and you're experiencing um, some some life circumstances that are leading you to kind of um, imagine yourself in a uh, unstable or unstable housing um, situation, um, part of it is, is just reaching out. There are resources um, to help you um, or any veteran that, that, that someone may know um, keep their residence because um, obviously that's, that's the easiest way uh, is to keep people stably housed instead of um, trying to house them after they've lost that housing. So um, I know we've worked closely with uh, county veteran service officers across the state to help us identify uh, veterans who, who are um, not stably housed and, and kind of work with them to identify uh, what resources are available to make sure that they um, come up with a plan to keep their housing um, and uh, continue to, to remain stably housed. So, uh, so much of the efforts now in, in these declared uh, communities is to, to focus on those efforts. Paul, it seems like you're getting to the fun part now. Now's the time where you can help the veterans so that they don't have huge problems. And But there's still a bunch more work to do in Minnesota. And what about those last two counties, Hennepin County and Ramsey County? There, There's still a lot of work to do. Obviously, those are our two uh, most populous counties in Minnesota. And so um, I'll tell you this, there's a lot of really great work that's being done. Um, and we've seen numbers come down in those continuums. And so uh, we feel at uh, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs that it's it's a matter of time. Uh, we've got some additional resources thanks to the state legislature um, coming online uh, here in the in the summer to kind of help us um, get past a lot of those additional hurdles. So most veterans um, in those continuums in those counties of Hennepin and Ramsey um, will have a way to pay for units. Um, so much of it is just uh, finding uh, affordable. Uh, truly affordable uh, units in those in those areas. Now, Paul, I understand the Minnesota Department of Affair, uh, Veterans Affairs is offering landlords some incentives if they're willing to rent to veterans. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so so the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs administers a program called Homes for Veterans, and uh, it's really kind of three different um, incentive programs within one. Uh, so one is a vacancy relief fund. And so this is a fund. We, we know that sometimes um, when, we're, when we're housing veterans um, through with a subsidy, uh, that, that maybe it, it takes a little longer to get uh, the paperwork done and the inspections that may need to be done to get a, a veteran into those units than, than maybe someone uh, else who doesn't, um, doesn't kind of require those, um, those, those same uh, requirements to get into housing. And we don't want... Uh, landlords to lose out on any money or, or not uh, wait that time. So this fund really um, makes the landlord whole on any payments they may miss while waiting for a veteran to get into that unit. Uh, there's another fund, uh, the incentive fund, where um, landlords who are willing to rent to veterans from the homeless veteran registry that, that are uh, experiencing these barriers to housing uh, can receive uh, payments for um, signed leases. So um, just one more uh, way to kind of incentivize uh, landlords to, to really take a chance on one of these veterans. Uh, and then the last fund is the, the risk mitigation fund. So it's essentially an insurance policy on um, that landlords can opt into um, that if something 
uh, were to happen to the unit they could file a claim on. So uh, we've really seen some great success with the veterans uh, that have been placed with these incentives and uh, significant graduation rates into permanent uh, housing uh, beyond that initial kind of 12-month lease-up period. So um, just seen really good things and, and, and really encourage any landlords uh, to take advantages of these uh, incentives and um, kind of help us end veteran homelessness. Well, we're just about out of time for any landlords that might be interested in finding out about those three programs. Do you have information on the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs website? Yes. So they can go to uh, minnesotaveteran.org or give us a call at 1-888-LINKVET, L-I-N-K-V-E-T, and we can get you all the information um, that you may need uh, regarding Homes for Veterans. Paul, thanks for joining us today, and uh, congratulations on that uh, major announcement up in St. Louis County this morning. Thank you so much, Tom, and I appreciate you highlighting this topic. My pleasure. That was Paul Williams, Deputy Director of the Veterans Programs with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, who oversees uh, the Homeless Programs team. Joining me now from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard is Doug Bly. Mr. Bly, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Doug, uh, here we are in June, uh, half the year's over, but the good news is uh, there's no snow on the ground, no ice. Uh, all of your riders can move around the state with ease, and I hope uh, people in cars and trucks are watching for people on motorcycles. Boy, you know, Tom, thank you for saying that, because the thing that always scares us the most is we know we have people going up to missions, and particularly if they're going to Fort Sully National Cemetery or missions in the metro that the we always worry about car drivers and what the cages are going to do. And, you know, our group says we're out riding. So, you know, we're always encouraging very defensive driving, being aware of where you are. And hopefully that person in that four wheel vehicle is paying attention to you. You know, I always, when I see someone on a motorcycle uh, in there in front of me, I kind of lag back and, and kind of just sit there in a fair distance and try to protect them. Uh, but well, and when I'm riding behind you, I make a point of going, you know, getting next to you on your door, so I'm not in your blind spot. <laughs> Good work. So, <laughs> so, Doug, is it is it been busy this spring and summer? Boy, we have Tom. The missions have been coming fast and furious. You know, every week we get the weekly email with the upcoming missions, and you know, a lot of, a lot of veterans' families that know who we are and they're asking for attendance. And you know, we're really just focusing on the missions right now, and trying to stay on top of that and make sure that we cover every family that possibly asks us to be part of what they're doing. And your Patriot Guard riders do not just show up. The only way they go to a mission, such as a funeral, is if the family asks for you. Exactly. It's got to be direct family ask. We often have people will say, I'm asking on behalf of this family, and we go, sorry, thank you for trying to help them, but no, we need to talk to them directly to make sure we're crystal clear in our communications and we're, we're aligned. So if you're wanted, they just go to your website? Go to our website, mmpatriotguard.org, and on the left-hand side, it says click um, request the Patriot Guard, and it will ask you a series of questions about the, the veteran's name and their service and their rank and anything special about them, the day of the service, and what you'd like us to do. Now, Doug, I understand, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand that uh, uh, you had a basic change at the Minnesota Patriot Guard for well over a decade. You were doing the, the ride, the Patriot Ride. And it was an active fundraiser where you brought together thousands and thousands of people on motorcycles and raised money. And then you, uh, as an organization, you distributed some grants out to other organizations. Uh, for one reason or another, that stopped. 
Uh, now, as an organization, you're just supporting the missions. Are you still accepting donations to help pay the costs of going to these missions? We are, Tom, because we still what we call mission expenses. We carry liability insurance for um, the Patriot Guard itself in case something would happen, on, as we discussed earlier, with cars. So we do carry liability insurance. We provide plaques. We have challenge coins, uh, small gifts we make to the family. Uh, so we still have some expenses that we have to cover. But you know, over the last uh, 15 years, Tom, we've donated over a half million dollars to Minnesota military causes, you know, not nationally, but just to Minnesota. But with the end of the Patriot Ride and, you know, really kind of where we are, we're just going to stay focused on the missions now. We're not making outside donations, and we're just staying focused on our mission costs and making sure we stay with it. Um, we will accept donations as people feel, you know, inspired to do so. And, again, go to our website, mnpatriotguard.org, and we have a Donate to Us button that you can click on or uh, mail a check to our P.O. box that's listed on the website. Doug, I want to thank you for joining us today and remind our listeners that if you want to become a writer or donate, go to mnpatriotguard.org. Thanks for joining us again today, Doug. Thank you, Tom. This is Doug Bly from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Representative Bob Detmer, Paul Williams from the MDVA, Doug Bly from the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Commissioner Larry Herkey from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we record live from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at Minnesota Military. Radio.com.